they get stuck in different modes like education forever or analysis paralysis. And at the end of the day, at some point, you have to take action. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today I'll be speaking with two guests. We have Kevin Galang and Adam Yori. Adam and Kevin, how are you both doing today? Doing fantastic. Awesome. Thanks so much for having us on the show, Theo. No problem. Thank you for joining us today. So a little bit about Kevin and Adam's background. So Kevin is a full-time software sales engineer and Adam is a business agility coach. They have six years of combined experience in real estate. Kevin's portfolio consists of four performing notes and one non-performing note. And Adam's portfolio consists of 308 doors across six properties. They are both in Tampa Bay, Florida. And the websites are dreamstoneinvest.com and notenuggets. 
www.kevinmcdonald.com. So starting with Kevin and then going to Adam, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Yeah. So as you mentioned earlier, I have a full-time job. I'm sure many of your listeners do. And outside of that, I focus primarily on mortgage notes. I like note investing for a number of reasons. I like the protection aspect. What I mean by that is the borrower ever defaults, you could take back the property. You're protected by that asset. From the non-performing note perspective, I love the ability to help solve a problem. Let's face it, Theo, you know that the average American is kind of one crisis away, as COVID is showing us, from not being able to afford their mortgage. But that doesn't mean they're a bad borrower. So I want to be able to come in there, solve a problem, and make a difference in somebody's life. But at that same time, you're able to make a return. Yeah, that's great. And my background is I work in primarily the software space in the tech industry as a enterprise business agility coach. I help transform businesses and what I invest in real estate wise is multifamily focusing on large multifamily. I'm a syndicator and we focus primarily on value add apartments in the Southeast. I really like that asset class and that focus because it's, in my opinion, the best way to grow your wealth very rapidly. And that's the primary reason why I kind of focus in that area. So Adam, you're an active investor. You're actively on the GP at this indicator? That is correct. Yes. My team is Dreamstone Invest and I'm a partner with those guys. Perfect. So you guys both mentioned that you work full-time jobs. Kevin, would you consider notes passive or do you still consider that active investing? I personally am the active investor. So I'm the one finding notes, talking to okay. borrowers, talking to sellers, but it can be a passive investment. One way that people do it is through partnerships where I'd be the active person where I find the note, work with somebody to work with the borrower. And the financial friend is more passive for lack of a better way of putting it. But there are other passive options like investing in funds out there that are with notes and things of that nature. Perfect. Okay. So you both have full-time jobs and you're both active investors. So my question for both of you is how much time are you spending on your real estate business? When are you doing this? What happens if you need to do something and you're at work? How do you decide what's given the priority? And anything else you can think of that as a challenge working full-time as well as being an active investor? Well, sleep is a friend that I'm not familiar with anymore. I'm just kidding. I really focus on prioritizing. So the nine to five during the daytime takes precedent because I have that obligation to the company that I'm working with to maintain my value as an employee. And I take lunch, for example, I'll schedule calls to take lunch calls. I work from home, so it's a bit easier. And then I try to schedule things in the morning. So before eight o'clock, I'm working on stuff, reading about the mortgage industry, writing and creating podcast episodes. And then at night, same thing. I go back to analyzing notes and Adam and I will record podcast episodes on the weekends. So it's really finding that balance. You just kind of make the time for it and figure out what is the most important thing that you need to tackle and just execute. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. You just hustle and make it happen. As a consultant, I've got quite a bit of flexibility in my schedule. So I, like Kevin, put the client's priorities first, and then I just kind of work around that and fill in. So if I've got little pockets of time where I can do something, take a call or perform an activity, I'll do that. 
and then just make up for it later in some way. Fortunately, my work schedule doesn't need to be like that traditional nine to five. I can work a little earlier or work a little later or kind of fit work in where I need to, as long as I'm not in front of a client. And when I am, of course, I'm dedicated to that. Also, systems are a big help. You'll see social media posts coming out for me at different times during the day. I systematize that. It's automated. So it's not always me scheduling the post. A team is a huge piece of how I'm able to achieve that. So I'm partnered with other people at Dreamstone Investments, and they're working on things during the day while I'm at work, and then I can work on things at night when I'm not working. It sounds like you guys are just working all the time. So on the <laughs> you weekend, wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering, like, like, what time in the morning are you guys getting up, and then what time are you guys done working at the end of the day? I wake up around 5 or 6 a.m. and that's part of a routine. I'll meditate, do some journaling, get some workout in. And that for me helps set the momentum to allow me to figure out, all right, part of my journal, I kind of future set saying, this is what I will accomplish that day. Then I execute according to that. But I also have the vision of how it connects to everything else. And as far as when I stop working, my girlfriend and I love to watch Jeopardy and compete with each other. So at 7.30, I'm done by then. Nice. I also get up early usually sometime between 6 and 6.30 on most mornings. I have a morning routine as well. I use that savers routine that Hal Elrod created in Miracle Morning. That really helps me stay focused during the day. And weekends, I work quite a bit, actually quite a lot. In the evenings, it just kind of depends. I'm usually trying to wind down sometime around 9 to 10 on most evenings. It just kind of depends on what's going on. And Theo, I'll say... I just consider this paying my dues. I didn't learn about real estate investing until later in life. And I'm just trying to make up for lost time and get something going. I do not intend to go like this forever, but I just have to pay my dues right now. And then once things start to level out, I won't be working like this. I just say very quickly, Kevin, I know someone, I think she won either two times or three times on Jeopardy. Oh, you know, personally, that's awesome. Uh -huh. That's yeah. so cool. That's one another. way to create wealth. Yeah, did <laughs> exactly. she in real estate with that earnings? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I think it said that you won 60 grand, something like that. So anyway, so both of you have mentioned, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the little emblem they have next to their heads, Tech Guys Who Invest, which is the podcast. So not only are you working full-time jobs and actively investing, but you're also as Adam kind of mentioned, doing other type of, of thought leadership things, maybe social media or podcasts. So maybe walk us through what all you're doing in that realm for thought leadership, why you selected those, and then what benefits it's having to your businesses. So Tech Guys Who Invest was founded because Adam and I connected in a mastermind group and we realized we had great chemistry. We also realized that we both love educating people. And the Tech Guys Who Invest was just a natural title that we came up with, like, hey, you're investing, you work in tech, we're the tech guys who invest. And it's our way of really giving back and sharing information about how to take control of your financial journey, how to invest wisely and safely from the experience advice of guests we bring on, the mistakes that we're making, the wins that we have, we share all of that. We try to be as transparent as possible because if we can do it, we firmly believe that other people can as well. And we have found, we just love this so much more than we thought. 
part of the reason we did it is to not only educate people and give back in that way, but to attract people to us. They could be people that we would potentially invest with or partner with in some way or add value to. So we just wanted to do it for that reason, but it's ended up becoming more than that. We actually just really love doing it now. We're learning a ton. We're having fun. It is attracting people to us and it's definitely paying back. Do you guys do all of the bookings, the editing, the posting, the writing the descriptions yourselves, or is that outsourced to someone else? So we recently just started outsourcing the podcast editing and posting the show notes. And to Adam's point, talking about systems. So eventually we would love to graduate to be, all right, we recorded it, push it out to the team and that's it. Because we love the podcast recording aspect and the editing just kind of comes with it and it's paying our dues. And another point about systems is you need to understand how you want the system to run. A system isn't just going to magically make your life better. You could get a system without figuring out how you want the system to operate and just end up with a really big problem. So now that we have comfortability of almost two years of it, we could say, hey, this is how we want it to sound. Please do X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. to our editor. Yeah, we've got our processes down now. We understand them well enough to be able to standardize them and then outsource it at some point. Are all the episodes with the guest or is it sometimes just you two? It's a combination of both. We try to keep a cadence of an episode with a guest, an episode of us. It may be two of us in a row or two guests in a row, but we like to mix it up. How do you find the guests? We like to find guests that mostly focus on real estate, but occasionally put in someone who's just interesting or does something that not a lot of people know about. So an example is a guy we had on who invests in ETFs and he, he had started a gold fund in his past. And it was just super interesting. So every now and then we'll throw someone like that in there just to kind of share with people there are different things to think about when it comes to investing. And to answer your question about how do we find them, a lot of it's networking and just discovery. And then we'll just reach out to them. We'll just take action and invite them on. Is it like an email? Yeah, I'm assuming. Exactly. Yeah. Send an email, send them a Calendly link. That way, We don't have to go back and forth with, oh, we're free at this time. You're free at this time. This is our updated calendar. If this works with your schedule, pick any time there. What's the conversion rate do you guys have? Is it most people say yes or most people say no? I'm just curious. I would say most people do say yes. And I think that's a cool thing about having a podcast. I think it's a low barrier to entry. And selfishly, you can use it to learn from experts that are out there. So if anybody's kind of on the fence of whether or not they should start a podcast, I would highly recommend it. It's been very rewarding. And we've had some people we reached out to who are really popular and we were not sure if they'd even respond to us and they came on the show. (laughs) Yeah. The worst somebody says is no. What was your best episode so far? Number of views? For a while, the one with Gino Barbaro was one of our highest performing ones. I have to double check which else is out there. But that was Horns was big too. His was scoring. Oh yeah, Dave Van Horns was a high-performing one as well. I recognize both of those names, so good for you guys. All right, uh, starting with Kevin and then going to Adam, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say you need to get focused. So figuring out your investor identity early is huge because there's a book out there, there's an expert out there, there's a podcast out there for every niche in real estate and every niche in real estate can make money. But there's a component I feel not a lot of people talk about where you have to enjoy it, right? If you don't enjoy 
investing in real estate, you might as well just continue to work your job because you're going to burn yourself out so much faster by trying to grind everything out in an asset class you just absolutely miserable with. So get focused and figure out what you really want to do with your time and how you want to invest in real estate. Yeah, I love that, Kevin. And clarifying your goals is really important. So you focus on is the right thing for you. That's really important. Be honest with yourself about what those look like so that what you're working on is in alignment with what you really want to achieve deep down inside. But I think at the end of the day, taking action is super important. It's one of the things that we see a lot of people just stall out on. They let themselves be held back by self-limiting beliefs or fears, and they get stuck in different modes like education forever or analysis paralysis. And at the end of the day, at some point, you have to take action. Perfect. Okay, you guys ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. Alrighty. Well, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. If you have a smaller rental portfolio, then here's a no-brainer for you. Hemlane's property management platform automates the entire rental life cycle. With connections to local agents and maintenance coordinators, you are in control and have more free time. Check them out at hemlane.com. That's H-E-M-L-A-N-E.com. Okay, so starting with Kevin and then Adam, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book I've recently read, I would say Can't Break Me by David Goggins. I know it's not real estate related, but it is one of those things that it shows you how capable you are as a person and that mental shift that you need to make to continue to work, even though you're tired, it's been a long day from your nine to five, but you know you have a podcast to record or something like that, that helps you really dig deep. So it's not real estate related, but I really like that book. Also not real estate related, but... I think it could be applied late bloomers by rich Carl Fantastic book, especially for people who are a little bit older or think they're too old to start this thing. Read that book. It's amazing. It explains that you're not too old, no matter how old you are. And late bloomers. And one of the big examples people use of that would be the KFC guy. They talk about him right, in Colonel book. Sanders. Yeah. I even talked about it in the book. Yeah, I figured. (laughs) Nice. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Podcast all day. And that's what I would turn into, I guess, a business. But the idea of being able to just connect with people at different areas of life, doing different things, being able to converse and share that story with the hopes of inspiring somebody else to take action and achieve their dreams. That to me is what would be really cool to do. That's awesome. I'm with you. Podcast all day. (laughs) It would be great. Definitely learn from the experience. I'm a big inspect and adapt guy, continuously improve. I love to take feedback and learn from that. So I would learn from why did I fail and take that, roll those lessons into my next venture. And I think it's important to never give up. That's super important to be successful is just don't stop. So I wouldn't stop. Yeah, you guys both have the voice and the cadence for podcasting. So that could work. Appreciate that. Thank you. 
Okay, what is the best ever deal you have done? So one of the performing notes that I recently did, I was super happy about it because I had zero money in, almost negotiated an equity deal. And as a performing note goes, you wouldn't write home about the amount of money I get, $50 a month from it. But the fact that I had no money in, it was the first one that I did. I was really excited to do it because for me, the first one was the hardest one. Once you get over that hump, you're like, okay, proof of concept. I can do this. Let's just keep taking swings at bat and see where it goes. Yeah, I feel like the mastermind class I invested in might be the answer because I wouldn't have met Kevin, wouldn't have the tech guys who invest Mm -hmm. podcast if I didn't. And a lot of people don't think about an investment in yourself as an investment, but I really think it is. Real estate wise, we bought a 56 unit class B here in the Tampa Bay area. It was our second deal as Dreamstone Investments as known today. And it's a great one because the class B properties had low delinquency. It's really weathered this COVID storm very well. And the numbers are strong. It's been low hassle due to the higher class of resident we have in there. So that's been a fantastic deal. What is the best ever way you like to give back? I would have to say the podcast, a great way to give back that I personally love and am passionate about. But I'm always available if somebody wants to reach me and has a question. I won't turn anybody down if they want to book a time on my calendar. So many people have done that for me, and I want to kind of pay it forward in that regard. So being out there as a resource, I think, is one way that I give back. Tech Guys Who Invest podcast, for sure, is one of my favorites. Sharing lessons learned with others so they can grow and learn from my experiences. That's awesome. And as kind of a follow-up. I volunteer with my daughters at Metropolitan Ministries, which is kind of like a homeless mission in Tampa Bay area. And it's just really great to pass that along to them as something they'll carry forward the rest of their life. We also host a meetup that was pre-COVID where we would Mm -hmm. use the cash flow game to kind of educate people. And the look on people's faces when they realize that, wait, you can do that in real life or there's no way people are doing what the game is teaching you in real life and having that look on their face of realization is so fulfilling and then lastly what is the best ever place to reach you come take a listen to tech guys who invest podcast we share our experiences wins losses you get awesome guests on that show and we have an investor identity canvas that we have created and it came about because i jumped from various different asset classes, Airbnbs, mobile home parks, multifamily, house hacking. I looked into all of those things for a few months at a time, but never really got focused. And I wish I had something like the canvas we created to help me narrow down that list. If you want to check that out, it's canvas.tgwipodcast.com. Awesome. So dreamstoneinvest.com. You can email me, adam at dreamstoneinvest.com. Find me on LinkedIn, Adam Yulry. As Kevin mentioned, tgwipodcast.com. You can email either one of us at techguyswhoinvest at gmail.com. And the canvas he mentioned, once again, it's canvas.tgwipodcast.com. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy, full-time, all-day working (laughs) schedules to talk to me for half an hour today. I really appreciate it. Just to kind of summarize something we talked about, we talked about how you guys are able to balance the full-time job and active investing. And it's just a grind. And as you said, hustling and automating and prioritizing things. You also both briefly went over what you guys do each morning to prepare for your day. Uh, 
specifically Kevin said that he'll set a goal each day and then everything he does is kind of based off of that. And then Adam talked about the savers routine. We both talked about your thought leadership with the podcast, why you do it, how it's benefited you, and then more tactics on how it's done. And then the best ever advice from Kevin, I really like to talk about how in reality you can make money and be successful in, in really any niche. So just find out which one you like. Because if you don't like it, then just keep working because you're going to burn yourself out, as you said. And then Adam kind of similar to the same thing that focus on what's right for you. To be honest, of what you're good at, what you like as well. And then also you added taking action is also very important. I couldn't agree more. So thank you both for joining me again today. Appreciate it. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo.